0: Standing up in McKinney, this is According to Callis, and it is episode 363 on Friday, the 24th of February. It's been a busy week. There have been lots of things going on, and uh, I feel like I should tell you all, uh, it's a little bit of a Friday folly situation and uh, an announcement thrown in. We'll get the highlights. We got Chris Ann Hall coming, Chris Ann Hall coming to town. Uh, we've got uh, people working uh, for adding more gaming. Uh, talked about national divorce again, and guess what? Ideas do matter. So, before we get in, that let me remind you that you can help me help you by like, share, subscribe, and quite frankly, follow. This podcast. We are closing in on the 100K. I'd like to get there sooner rather than later, and every little bit that you all do out there helps me get there. All right, so first things first. Next Thursday, that's right, March the 2nd, Chris Ann Hall is going to be in town. She's going to be talking about the Constitution, federalism, and the roles of the states and the federal government. That will be March the 2nd at Redemption Point Church. Starting at 7 p.m., the doors open at 6.30, and for the small fee of $10, you help us bring quality speakers to come and educate, inform you as and we the people. So check it out. We will be sending out information via email through the Collin County Patriots and Constitutional Texans, and it will be all over social media starting this weekend. Uh, we just finished up our Daniel Miller, so we are kind of scrambling to get this all up to speed as quick as possible. Look for the bright link. Sign up ahead, please. All right, that's it. That was the announcement on to the Follies. So, apparently, uh, we are now celebrating the one-year anniversary of a war that we ought not be involved in between two belligerent brothers, or cousins, depending on how you want to look at it. That would be Ukraine and Russia. One, the most corrupt money laundering uh, nation in the world, and the other one, a beleaguered bully. When you push on a bully, sometimes they punch back, and that's exactly what happened here. I don't think either side is right. I don't think I, either side is good. All I know is we are wasting a ton of money and a ton of weapons on a war that, quite frankly, is not ours to be involved with in the first place. And whether it is the pathetic leadership we're getting out of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue or the weak-willed military people that are going along with this nonsense, the neocons are sending us down the toilet. And yes, I know I normally avoid federal issues, but how can we not help but see what's going on? They won't be happy until they get World War Three, apparently. And I, for one, take a hard pass on that. Still waiting for, oh, I don't know, anybody to put forth some legislation to protect the Guard. Texas, are you listening? Okay, but speaking of things that are being brought up down in Austin during this term, yes, it seems that our representative from HD 67 that would be the sucking one, a.k.a. Mr. Leach, has found time in his heart, now that he's saved the babies, to bring in gambling. Yes, we need to expand gambling all over the state of Texas because apparently that's what's best for all of us. Never mind that the entirety of the convention roundly dismissed that and rejected it by a huge margin. No, no. Mr. Leach has found time to do that. Never mind you, the same group of people at the convention want to actually have a discussion about a national divorce or Texas independence or whatever your choice of words are, but Mr. Leach thinks you're all a bunch of crackpot seditious uh, traitors. His words, not mine. I'm just curious how this works. We go and we work our tails off to get these guys elected and they promptly go and do whatever in the world they want. Oftentimes in complete opposition to that, which we, the people want. Now I will tell you personally, I'm not losing sleep over the gambling. I not a thing I'm interested in. It's not a vice that I, you know, have a problem with. But I can certainly understand why people have lots of legitimate concerns, and clearly the Republican majority has made it clear time and time again that they don't want an expansion of gambling. At the very least, they acknowledge that the so-called lottery that was supposed to put in tons of money in the Texas schools has failed to do that. And the uh, tracks and whatever else, the gambling that they allow in the state of Texas, still is not providing adequate funds for education. Indeed, we never, ever will have enough funds for education because as that system grows, they always find ways to waste more money, especially when they're getting the money from the state. But hey, what do I know? All right. Let's see. (laughs) So... We talked earlier in the week about the national divorce. Uh, I brought it up uh, twice, I think, this week, and it's it's in the news. And as a matter of fact, I've heard other commentators weigh in on this. And I think it's I think it's interesting that Daniel Miller's been working his tail off since 1996 on Texas, which is Texas independence. And you know there are other groups that are formed have been working for multiple time periods, right? Cal X has been around for a while. The state of Jefferson was back in the forties. They're resurging again. There's greater Idaho. There's the free state project. And all these people are painted as crackpots and you know losers or whatever else by the powers that be. But the very fact that they're there should tell you and me, we, the people, that something's not right, that there is a problem out there and that's coming from the feds. So we, the people at the state level need to be active. We need to be involved and we need to push back. We need to rein in the abuse of power from the feds. The only way, or the best way, if you will, is through state sovereignty and states asserting, asserting their power back against the federal government. And it's like they tell us these things aren't happening. They tell us that we shouldn't be concerned about these things. Yet, time and time again, we see that they're lying to us. I mean, the very roles that the feds have usurped in order to provide us what we need, they fail on. Whether it's border control or it's just dealing with a train derailment, they're absent. I think in their absence and their lack of effort, at this point has to be considered deliberate. It has to be considered belligerence from them against us, we the people. Now, whether you're in the Midwest or in the South or even the intermountain West, you have to understand that the Corporate elites, the coastal elites, and quite frankly, all of the district of corruption could care less about we the people, and they see us as an impediment to them getting more global dominance. But the fact of the matter is, is they have sold us out and sold us far enough down the river that there may not be any going back, at least at the national level. So that really only leaves a couple of options, and that. First and foremost, in my mind, is Texas independence. Texas can and should be able to recover at least for itself. But if we bring in gambling and we we cave to other, mm, let's call them, outside influences, how are we going to be able to distinguish ourselves from our other states? How are we going to be able to continue to be the powerhouse if we're continuing to whittle down that which made us great? that which holds us together, the Tejano Texian culture, has no desire for any of that nonsense. And indeed, the, um, let's call them natural-born citizens of Texas, right, those that have been here for generations, they had no desire to go full wet. But hey, you know, the rest of those Yankees or the Californians, they want to have their booze and they want to have it easy to get. And they sold us on the concept that we want to keep our tax money in our town. Okay, that's fine. So are they gonna use that same argument and I mean I would if I were them. Well let's go ahead and legalize weed, right? Let's make all drugs legal. We'll just tax it so we get the tax money. Yeah, I mean that's that's a net win, isn't it? Isn't that how how they sell it? I'm not convinced. Wait until you start figuring out how much more money that costs you. The services you have to provide for people to destroy their lives with the state's blessing, you understand. Well wait until you figure out all the um side costs, whether it's gambling or drugs everywhere. I mean, I don't think California got to its uh, position immediately. I'm fairly certain Nevada wasn't ruined by Los and- or Las-, <laughs> Las Vegas immediately. These things take time, but we have history to show us what happens when you ignore the law, when you just make everything legal, when you pretend there are no consequences for bad behavior. Now, for many, many years as a self-identified libertarian, I felt like, well, hey, I can make a good argument why I don't need to throw people in prison for doing stupid stuff. I still believe that's more often than not the solution. You don't throw them in the prison, but you don't then say the state should say, this is a good thing and you should do this and we're going to celebrate it. And Oh, by the way, we're going to give you extra goodies because you've now shown yourself incapable of taking care of yourself because you're stoned all the time or you're in massive amounts of debt because of your gambling habit. I don't see how we enable people to ruin their lives, and we should be happy about that. I don't understand why somebody that is so pro-life would be so interested in helping other people ruin their lives. Jeff, what are you thinking? And I know he's not alone, and I know he's not going to be the only one. And again, for me, myself, I don't know that I would actively oppose it, but I don't understand why somebody that's a good conservative would want to take point on this. I don't understand why somebody that calls himself a good conservative would think this is an ideal situation. Certainly, whatever extra little money we're going to get out of this situation at the state level isn't going to offset the enormous cost that's involved with it. And actually, I sat down at a dinner about a year ago when I met with some of these people. And quite frankly, they did not have a lot of answers for what they wanted to do and how they were going to do it. They're basically going to create little cities within a city, but they couldn't answer the simplest things like, well, how are you going to provide for, I don't know, all the water for that, all the waste treatment. I think they think they just get to dump, dump that back off on the city or the county that they're going to locate in and they're just going to eat it. I mean, even here in Cowan County, we've got a number of cities that aren't really big fans of dumping a whole bunch of tax uh, rebates and incentives to companies to come in that aren't going to actually be a net positive. Of course, unfortunately, a lot of the cities and school districts haven't found out yet that most stadiums never ever are a net positive. They always end up costing you more money in the long run than they ever generate, at least in tax revenue. But that's okay. Because, you know, what do we know? We're not in charge. We don't see those numbers. And while we're talking about it, you know, <laughs> uh, you know about uh stati- you know <laughs> what? I'm going to get the quote wrong. I'm going to butcher it. It's basically based off of something Mark Twain uh, said, you know, Liars use figures because figures can be used to lie, right? That's a bad paraphrase, but same thing with statistics. Anybody that knows anything about statistics can manipulate those statistics to say exactly what it is you want it to say. And the sad fact is, is the general public has no idea that that's what you've done. But we, the people, we're up in our game. We're starting to pay attention. We got a better idea of what's going on. And we see these things sometimes. And when we have the courage to call it out, sometimes we can change the fate. So I'm confident that while they may decide to do something with the uh, expansion of gambling, that we, the people of Texas, aren't really excited about that. We really don't want that. Now, there's a ton of people that have flooded in here from other states that probably miss that vice. Maybe they're going to support it. But it's our job, we the people, to push back. When I look at my own city here, they want to uh, bond for $400 million to expand an airport that we in McKinney will see very little positive benefit out of other than, well, some landholders that are around it and maybe a couple of businesses that might benefit from extra services they get to put in. But Frisco and Plano and Allen, they're all going to benefit a lot but it's going to cost them nothing. That's why they're benefiting a lot, because there's no cost to them. The county will benefit. But again, the county has no cost for this. But we, the people of the city of McKinney, we're being asked to shoulder the burden of nearly a half a billion dollars. Do you think we're ever going to see that money back out of that situation? Call me skeptical. I'm still waiting to recoup the investment of $120 million or whatever we put in that McKinney Stadium that just happens to be right down the road from the one in Allen. Now, don't get me wrong. It's a nice looking stadium. It's had some nice things there. I have no doubt that we needed a new stadium and I have no doubt that that stadium ticks a lot of boxes. I will tell you quite frankly that I think the location is poor. I think the fact that they... Missed out on some of the technological things they could have put in there is bad planning. I think the fact that, um, well, we'll just leave it at that. I'm just fairly certain, in my opinion, that there were some uh, palms that were greased along the way, which is why it is the way it is. But nobody questions this. You're not allowed to. You're, you're, You're brought up as a crazy or a kook if you dare question what the motives or the actions of people are around here. Why? I mean, the leftists do it to everybody all the time and barely gets any pushback. But boy, anybody on the right dares to ask a question, you're crazy, you're a kook, you're whatever. Call me unimpressed. If that's all you got, boy, that's some logical fallacies that you best keep to yourself. The whole idea is we've got bad ideas and they matter. If you don't push back at bad ideas, you just get more bad ideas. Now, myself, again, I've made it clear. Eh, I'm ambivalent on the expansion of gambling. The Republican Party is quite clear they don't want it. The uh, convention was well over 90% no interest in expansion of gambling. But, oh, that's okay. The the state representatives are going to do what they want to do, led by my man, Leach. Then you look at school choice. We've been begging for school choice. And just now the governor's decide. well, maybe just maybe we'll offer some version of school choice. Now, the proponents of school choice tell us, well, we'll do it with vouchers. Or we'll do it with this or we'll do it with that. And what they fail to understand time and time again, whenever government attaches money to a private entity, sooner or later, they end up controlling that private entity. So I would tell you, if you are a private school, you would be a fool to accept vouchers. If you're a private conservative Christian school and you like running your school the way it's run, do not destroy your school by accepting vouchers. It may not happen in two years. It may not even happen in five years, but it's only a matter of time before they will destroy your school. It has happened. There is a track record for this. Do not be fooled. Now, There are some parents, they they mistakenly believe that if the government lets them keep some of their money, that they're doing them a favor. No, they're just acknowledging that it was your money in the first place, kind of, sort of, but they attach strings to it that you can't even spend your own money the way you want to unless you kiss the hand of Caesar. Again, don't be fooled. But again, as I said, bad ideas breed more bad ideas. Hence an airport that is yet to break even, we're going to throw another half a billion, I'm sorry, not half, $400 million at it. But after you pay it all off, it's probably going to be close to half a billion dollars because of the interest rate. But that's okay because we're told by our betters that they know what they're doing, even though the evidence suggests that one, they don't know what they're doing, and two, that the so-called payoff is never going to be there. Now, I am pleased that the members of the city council saw the wisdom to kick this over to we, the people, rather than just to prove it themselves. That is a positive. My concern is that a lot of citizens in the city of McKinney are going to be duped that this is a good idea. Don't fall for it. Same could be said for the casino gambling. If it's really that important to you, you can drive an hour north and go to Oklahoma. I just don't see that we're going to lose out that much tax revenue that we wouldn't eat up then paying for all the social services that are going to be required because of this casino being in town. Just saying the ideas matter. You know, I talk about the idea, you know, I, I'm, all for the idea of Texas independence. I think we need to fight for it. We need to, you know, spend some more time investigating it. But people are afraid. They think because the Supreme Court issued an opinion in Texas v. White that we're not allowed to think for ourselves anymore. They think because there was an unsuccessful war of su- succession, succession, excuse me, there was an unsuccessful war of secession that that somehow means that independence is never an option anymore. That separation is never an option anymore. When the constitution doesn't say that. In fact, we wouldn't even have our current constitution if we didn't successfully secede from the British empire. But yes, again, ideas matter. And when you're brought up on bad ideas, you accept more of them. You fail to realize that you're being sold a false bill of goods, that you're getting told something that truly isn't true and you cannot discern what's right and what's wrong. So when we talk about Friday, we talk about the follies and I've talked about, you know, these silly things, right? One, that spending another $400 million on an airport that is yet to make a dime is going to somehow make it better. Two, That if we will just expand casino gambling into Texas, that we're going to have a net positive in income. Yeah, I don't think that's the case, but it'll bring a lot more corruption and people that are hurting. But again, what do I know? Three, that you believe that continuing to do the same things over and over again and never ever questioning things will net you a different outcome. I'm sad to say that this seems to be lost a lot and it doesn't even matter what side of the aisle you're on. People just seem to miss it. They, they failed to grasp that you have to make a choice between good and evil or good and bad or decent and better. Those dichotomies exist and you have to have enough wisdom to discern which is which and follow the lead. And then, of course, I should point out, I found out earlier this week that not only is McKinney running two people right of center in a school board contest where a plurality wins against our bad incumbent. No, no, Plano thought they would do the same thing as well. And apparently there's one in Prosper But fortunately, Frisco's managed to dodge a bullet that they've only got two people right of center running for one of those races so that whichever way it goes, at least it's a net win. I, I just don't understand how we do this to ourselves. You know, you would think we, the conservatives, we, the Republicans, we, the people that actually care about liberty, would sit down and come up with a strategy. How do we defend against the abuses? How do we defend against the leftists? How do we defend against the progressive march through the institutions? But no, no, we don't do it. And to me, it's just wholly dissatisfying and disappointing and and altogether disheartening that you know, you've got the evil party, but the only counter you have to the evil party is the stupid party. And the stupid party, each time they have an opportunity to perhaps get a victory, they, sneached, or they snatched a defeat from the jaws of victory. Thank you, Rush Limbaugh. And it's it's so heartbreaking to deal with this time and time again, that it's almost enough to make you just say, it's not worth it. Of course, I imagine that some of you out there are wondering, well, when are you going to do that, Stephen? Or don't you feel that? I got to be honest. I feel that way all the time. All the time. I have to push back on the concept that it's just not worth it. It's not worth the hassle. It's not worth the blood, sweat, and tears. It's not worth the brain power. It's it's not worth the emotional angst that comes with it. But then I just relate to the idea that if not me, who? If not now, when? And my children are waiting the wings to step off into this world and become successful people. And if I do nothing, that's going to be even harder for them. You know, as a Gen Xer, we, we've often accepted the fact that we're going to be the first generation that's not as well off or technically worse well off than the previous generation. And there are some of my generation that are a little more bitter than I am. And they refer to the boomers as the grasshopper generation, right? The locusts that might be a little harsh. I got to tell you, I am tired about hearing about the Beatles and I am tired about hearing about, you know, the quote unquote glory days. My only question is, is uh, what do we do now? We've got an entire generation, whether it's the Y, the Z, or whatever, or even the millennials that are just waiting, trying to figure something out, but they don't want to work for free any more than I do. They don't want to work those uh, entry-level jobs forever any more than I do. Yet we have so set up the system and taken away all the productive things that they could be doing, and we we leave them in a lurch. Now, I've heard other people say that there are tons of opportunities there. There are tons of avenues available to you that would have never, ever been available to previous generations. All that is true. It is. But that only really works for a certain percentage of the population. If we consider that 50% of the population is basically worker bees. And I I don't mean that as a slight or a bad thing. I mean, I've been a worker bee in the past. I guess technically I'm doing a worker bee role right now. It's, It's not a bad thing. It's not a pejorative, but you have to have people to do the worker bee work. And if you take away all that work for them to do, that doesn't end well. If you if you take away all the ability for people to have value or find value in their lives, you destroy them. Now, I realize this isn't funny. This technically isn't a folly. But the idea behind this is somebody's actually trying to sell this. Somebody actually sold this to a generation before us. And that's what I find funny because now we've had 30 years to watch this play out and nobody said, yeah, maybe that wasn't such a good idea. Oh, I mean, You did have Ross Perot, and he did bring up the whole idea of sucking the jobs out of the country. You did have Pat Buchanan that warned about similar outcomes if you send away your industrial might to another country. But here we are. We're 2023, and we really can't make anything. We're spending our ordinance on a war that we didn't ask for, and we're going to be left with nothing to protect ourselves, but some planes that don't have fuel or weapons, some ships that can't be run by any competent people because the Navy's purged anybody that is any good. I shouldn't say it that way. They've purged a whole lot of white heterosexual males because they didn't fit whatever narrative they were trying to create. And it's less competent now than what it was before. That'd be a fair way to put it. And we're Utilizing the politics in the hierarchy to upend the entirety of the functional military, to what end? It's going to come down to, quite frankly, a bunch of John Doe's, Jane Doe's, or if you prefer, Michaels and Molly's out in the hinterlands that have their rifle assuming that the ATF hasn't come taking it yet and have their rounds of ammunition to defend what's left of our United States after they get ro- <laughs> I want to be real careful how I say this after they get rid of our ability to defend ourselves with our military and sell us out the rest of the way the only question is who's going to get here first those that are already here are going to successfully take over power or will it be an external invasion don't know interesting quandary. That's what I find funny. The fact that the people that are selling this out couldn't see this as the bitter end. Well, that's all I got for today, right? Look, enjoy your weekend. Do yourself a favor. Go repent of whatever (laughs) stupid stuff you've been doing. Recommit yourself to doing things to save the country become a good patriot, become a faithful patriot, and invest your time, your money, your skills into making a difference. We have the opportunity to create a parallel economy. We have an opportunity to increase our resilience. We have an opportunity to protect that which is left that is still worth protecting, Texas. So with that, I'll see you on the other side.